Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We are talking about the comics that came out on the seventeenth of January, twenty twenty-three. Starting with Nightwing number one hundred. This is written by uh, Tom Taylor, illustrated by Bruno Redondo, with Scott McDaniel, Rick Leonardi, Eddie Barrows, Javier Fernandez, and Michael Janine. Um. I could gush about this book forever, but I want to hear Zach start talking about it. So, Zach, what did you think of this oversized anniversary issue of Nightwing? Um, I mean, I I liked it. Uh, I think I liked the promise of it more than I actually liked it itself, if that makes sense. Like, there were definitely bits that I liked in this. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, mostly all of the stuff between dick and and bruce was really good i think and like pretty cathartic for the last five or so years of batman comics mm-hmm. um but you know i'm not like the biggest titans head so like that that stuff didn't really do a lot for me i'm just i'm like I'm very excited about the idea because it's what we've always been talking about is like Dick should be the like center of the DCU. And now it's like being like, that's what we're doing. But like, I don't believe it. <laughs> you know what? You know what I mean? Like I, um, I, this, I've, I've just, I feel like we've just been like that carrot has been dangled too many times only to be pulled out like a year later. So like this is what I want, but I don't trust it. Vince, you want to comment on that? I certainly, uh, I certainly agree with the sentiment, but um, they got the hook in my mouth anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's that's how I feel too. And I also feel like this is a little bit different. I think that for the first time, I mean, look, Dick Grayson's been around for probably. 80 years at this point or close to that. But I would say that the Dick is so important to the DC universe stuff started around the time of infinite crisis. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking almost 20 years now of this promise, but I feel like this is the first time that it's not one writer trying to make that happen, but it seems like it's a concentrated effort across DC to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like a few things that like have me feeling nervous about it in that like and this this is something that could be, you know, by the time this goes up for air, this could be like negated, but like we don't have a Titans book or like a Justice League book starring Dick announced yet. Well Titans we do. Do we? Yeah. No do we don't. We? No we don't. Sure we do. I don't think so. No, Titans are going to be the new co-stars of the Nightwing book. Like they're on the cover of the next few issues. Right, but there's not a book for like that that I is feel like, like I'm going you crazy. see what I mean? Like that that's like even worse because it's no, like to, to me that's even better. Yeah, but then here's why. Okay? Because I don't think that I don't think the DC can sustain a Titans book. And no, so, but 
I, I think I feel... that putting them in Nightwing allows you to do Titans stories, but still have Dick at the center of it. And yeah, Dick's going to be that, leading that, whatever like, the next thing is. insulates it even more so that it's even easier to like dispose of later. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a status quo essentially in one book right now. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not there's not like a flagship team book that reflects the current status quo, which I feel like is something you want when you have this kind of thing. Um, like even when Dick was Batman, he was in the JLA and there was the JLA like reflected that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that only lasted like a year and a half. So um, no, I, I like, I like ideally Brian, I don't disagree with you. Like, if comics were good all the time and, and like worked the way they should, I do think you're right. Like having, I, I do, I think you're right. Making like the Nightwing book also like the center of the DCU is a like really cool and fun idea. Um, I just like, I just can't see with like the way DC has been over the last decade or so, this all being kind of, backtracked like a year and a half from now i guess so i to me like i said to me this feels like it's the first time that there is an actual plan in place to not just say like oh dick grayson is so important but let's show how dick grayson is important and i think at the end of lazarus planet i mean at the end of rather not lazarus planet the end of dark crisis is so much about dick being the being the avatar of the DC universe, right? And then this is following up on that. And we know there's a big event coming mid-year, you know, and I, I think that's where you're going to see Dick really emerge in that role. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, it, I think it's going to be a really cool status quo for like as long as it lasts. But I think, and this is just like a fundamental problem with comics in general, or at least DC comics, really, I think, is that like as much as like, fans or writers might think that dick is the center of the dcu like warner brothers thinks the center of the dcu is like bruce wayne or or sure superman you know and so like this can never unless there's like a fundamental shift in the way that like comics are allowed to operate i i just I just know this isn't going to last as long or be as fulfilling as I want it to be. Well, I mean, my slight pushback on that, and it's ever so slight, is that I don't know how much DC cares about. I don't know how much Warner Brothers cares about DC. Yeah, that way. Yeah. I mean. Especially with the way things are now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like who who knows that that kind of stuff is like changing all the time i feel or, yeah. or, or getting like less relevant to to the higher ups at like discovery or whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah so who knows who knows but yeah i mean as it it is really cool i i do um the the other thing i thought was kind of weird about this issue is how the the thing with the with the heartless uh kingdom hearts crossover just like <laughs> didn't resolve um and like like dick doesn't even actually see him again and by like through the course of the issue like you see you see the heartless character meeting up with uh what is it zuko is that his name no yes. that's the that's the avatar character it's um 
Is it Tony Zuko? That sounds right in my head. Now I gotta look. Yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. They're they're like in, in the prison or whatever, and then yeah, it I is Tony Zuko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then he like you know is gone. And I presume to have more stories be told with him later, but yeah, I thought it was like a weird anti climax of the issue where the climax was actually the so so much the conflict of the issue was him stirring up all this trouble in Bloodhaven, and then the the climax was not dick confronting him it was dick kind of being brought into the fold by the by the trinity which wasn't like a bad ending it just it just kind of clashed with the tone of the first half of the issue i think see i find that really interesting because i think that the point of the issue is not that dick always wins it's that dick always does the right thing and so I think when this prison break happens, you see that he does the right thing there. It's not about him succeeding. It's about him setting the tone. And like him, A, being comfortable bringing in his friends, B, like turning the people who escape and saying, help, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll help you with this. Don't worry about it. Help me and I'll help you the buying of the prison, like all those things, to me, that's the purpose. You're supposed to see how well Dick handles Bloodhaven and know that he's going to handle the DC universe the same way. But just like how the Joker might die tomorrow, but will be back next week, it never, the, those conflicts never stop. So to me, it's not about watching him take down the bad guy. It's about how he sort of runs the day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah, I guess, I guess my thing is just like the way the issue was structured. It didn't really feel like like I know we saw the Titans like mitigating some issues and, and, and we saw Dick like dealing with like small pockets of goons. It just it just felt like the conflict didn't really get resolved. It just the issue just ended. If sure, that, if, that's how that. that's how sure. it like felt to me when I was reading it. Um, it just felt kind of abrupt. But. Um, you know, I presume that like those things will be addressed in later issues. And I, I do agree that that wasn't necessarily the point of the issue. It's just like a lot of, I, I think you're with this being like a major uh, kind of like anniversary issue and like the end of a story arc and then, and all of the, all these things It kind of, I feel like you're just kind of trained to expect that sort of resolution by issues in and then it, and it wasn't really there. And so I, I found it kind of jarring on initial read through. Okay. Um, also, I, uh, th my other like small gripe is I, I know that a lot of the artists in this issue are um, artists who have like ties to like previous uh, yes. uh, run, like Nightwing runs and, and, and incarnations and, um i really did like that sequence of pinups where the artists got to do their that like each individual era of, yes, of nightwing yes, yeah um but i didn't love all of the art throughout the issue and I, and at times i thought it kind of clashed a little bit um yeah, there was definitely some unevenness yeah with the art yeah yeah but that that's a, that's just like a small gripe i had nothing not too not too bad it didn't really hurt my enjoyment of the issue that much vincey talk a little bit buddy um, I just, yeah, the, the, the plot of the actual Nightwing story over the course of Tom Taylor's entire run really has been probably the least interesting and, and, and for lack of a better word, worst thing about it, you know, like, 
this heartless guy going around um, now wanting to work with Tony Zuko, like all of that stuff, whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit about any of it. Um, it's the stuff in between that's so good. And this issue is mostly made of the in between stuff. Um, or at least, you know, when you think back on it, it's the, it's the stuff you remember most. Um, and, and I think that stuff is great in this issue. I think it's totally befitting of an anniversary issue. Um, and the, the, the stuff with the, with the, I, it's not exactly subtle, but like the stuff with the one chair being left at the hall of justice unharmed and Superman lasering in the Nightwing symbol onto it and, mm-hmm. and them presenting to him their idea that he's going to be leading whatever form the main team of the DCU is going to take going forward. is just so like, uh, hard on its sleeve, you know? Yeah. And that's what, that's the best stuff about the Taylor run of Nightwing and, 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 yeah, it's like it's like the old uh, black box airplane joke. Why don't you just make the whole book out of this stuff? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and to be honest, like like if you're, I can agree with Zach when he when he says like this is the uh, yet again an example of the illusion of change or the illusion of progress, but I think if you're not going to make progress with a character, um, then alternatively an issue like this is the the best you can do where it celebrates what the character is, is and was and has been. And, you know, we can worry about whether the progress, uh, whether the football gets moved uh, or not down the road, but for an anniversary issue, this did all the stuff that I needed to do. You know, you know what the answer to this is from What's now that? on, because we have like the infinite earths again, every time DC needs to like reset the status quo, they should just make another earth that is like basically exactly it, 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 it pretends that everything happened up to that point, but then it just resets again. And that other earth can just keep going on the trajectory it's going. <laughs> they just keep doing that like every three years. <laughs> Um, so we still have an earth where dick dick grayson is in charge of everything it's mm-hmm. just earth uh earth earth dawn <laughs> yeah um, earth taylor I, earth taylor i do want to go back to something that zach said which is that i think that the bruce and dick stuff was incredible like that that sequence was a genuinely emotional um you know, a genuinely emotional moment in the book. And the way that Taylor does it where they're they're at the they're at Alfred's grave. And you know, one of the things about Bruce Wayne in lesser hands, Bruce Wayne can be a total dick who has no emotions. But I think the better Bruce Wayne writers all just show that Bruce has a hard time accessing those emotions. And so for Taylor to have them say like dick says what would alfred have said for you now and then bruce is able to speak his mind by saying this is what alfred would say is a really clever way to get bruce to open up and it not feel like it's just um an 
out of character moment. Like, that's a really good piece of writing. And I think that what both of them say in that scene is really effective and moving if you've been reading these characters for any period of time. Um, just like at the end, you know, Dick saying, I love you, dad is just such a, such a spot on perfect emotional moment. And that's probably the first and last time you'll ever hear Dick call Bruce dad. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. That's good though. It's, it was said once it's perfect. Move on. Um, I love that sequence. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, the speech where the Titans assemble at the end and, and reveal that the, the tower is going to be out of Bloodhaven now is mm-hmm. was great. All, all that stuff was really great. Um, I think it's funny, by the way, that we, as well as the rest of the comics internet, was like, oh, in Nightwing 100, Dick and Babs are going to get engaged. That's the big <laughs> shift. I'm like, no, he's protector of the fucking Earth now. Like, we did uh-huh. not think big enough for that change. Yeah, which honestly, we we should have maybe saw come. I mean, we should have maybe once we saw where Dark Crisis was going, we probably should have been like, well, yeah, this is probably all it's going to be. That's probably that's probably all the big reveal is. I, gonna I be. still I still think Taylor's going to move in that direction. I almost thought he was still going to go there at the end of the issue where he was like. Let's go change the world or whatever he says to her. Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. he says. I was like, still feels like it's moving in that direction. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, yeah, that I, I I just eat up anniversary issues, I think, is 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 one other thing. You know, I can't I can't fault it for not really caring uh, about the central conflict of it when I, I I just fall for anniversary issues almost every time. Um, Taylor knows how to hit those marks too. Yeah, he does. And like Zach said, I think, I think it's Scott McDaniel that does the most art in this that isn't Redondo. Um, and his art is not necessarily my favorite. Uh, and I think that, Redondo's art feels very of this moment and McDaniel's feels very of the moment that he came up. And so there is a bit of a clash in those styles together. But mm-hmm. I think that I think that both both artists do a good job. And like you said, Vince, before that, the pinup section of all the different uh, artists is pretty great, especially because like the last I want to say McDaniel does the first one, the like the dick in the new Teen Titans garb. And then I think it's Rick Leonardi doing the second one, which is the the blue suit, like the original blue and black suit. And then you get Eddie Barrows doing the red and black suit. And then you get uh, Javier Fernandez. And those are like those are probably some of the most important Nightwing artists of all time. So I think it's very cool that they did it that way. That's that's really it was a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the the one thing that I could maybe say was a misstep, and I don't I don't even think it was it didn't bother me, but it's the one thing I could pull out that kind of made me go ah we didn't need this was the KGB stuff and referencing making, Rick Grayson right and making that character like you know there's the there's the 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 
private prison breakout or whatever, or, or break in, I guess when, when heartless goes in and, and starts recruiting and, um, and then, and then Dick ends up facing KG beast. And it's, it's, it just made me think like, Oh, are we really treating KG beast like a, like a big Dick Grayson villain now? Because can't we just ignore that? that I'm actually okay with that because it's, it's like not unlike the Maxwell Lord, wonder woman stuff how like yeah he became such a defining character to her post infinite crisis and i don't i don't hate that so i don't know yeah i think it allows like one of the things that anniversary issue is supposed to do is it's supposed to sort of celebrate the entirety of the character and whether we like it or not rick grayson is a part of this character and I think by allowing by allowing this to happen in this way, you don't have to give too much credence to the Rick Grayson part. You can just give credence to the KGB's part. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do we think that, because like I said, the Titans are on the cover of number 101. Do we think that this is basically going to be a Nightwing and the Titans book for a while now. I guess I I was I was under the impression there was a Titans book coming and and maybe it hasn't been announced yet. I don't know where I got there, that. So there is a sequel to that shitty Caven Scott Nightwing uh, Titans not, book. That's coming. Yeah, that's out. not that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a real like I could swear the the entirety of the books that were announced for Dawn of DC. Uh-huh. That were new are Unstoppable Doom Patrol, Green Lantern Hal Jordan, oh. Green Lantern John Stewart, Green Arrow, Batman Brave and the Bold, Cyborg Shazam, The Penguin, Steelworks, Superboy the Man of Tomorrow. And in the artwork, you can see a Hawkman logo, but there's no Hawkman book announced yet. Yeah, yeah. That's it. The the, the market can't support a Titans book, but it can support a Doom Patrol book. <laughs> That's only a six issue miniseries. Well, make a miniseries for the Titans then, and and a Steelworks book. No, nothing's an ongoing anymore, you guys. Like we yeah, need to that stop. Is, that with... is partially true. Yes. Yes. So I, you I know, just, if they if, if they launched a Titans book and it was twelve issues, well, that's like everything else. Then rather than say the market can't support it, I would say that I don't think that they're and, and I am the biggest Titans dude on the on the block, man. Like that they're they're my team, right? But I feel like there hasn't been a good reason to have a Titans book in a while. This is a good reason to have a Titans book. But yeah, I still I really, think I'm hesitant. really kind of surprised we don't have like a 12 issue Titans maxi like in the style of JSA announced like by mm-hmm. by Taylor even. You know? I think Taylor personally, I think that Taylor is going to be writing the new Justice League book whenever that gets announced. And that's why you don't have a John Kent book ongoing right now. So right now, I think it's going to be a Nightwing John Kent like featured team book. You that don't have a John cool. Kent ongoing announced because there are no ongoings anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a mini. There is a mini. He's writing. Yes. There yes. are on. There are ongoings. I we've we've there are ongoings. There there the Flash, Superman, Batman, Detective Action. Wonder Harley Quinn. Yeah. That's it. That's Harley it. Quinn. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, but Harley Quinn get gets 
relaunch after relaunch after relaunch. I was surprised to see Harley Quinn number 28 listed in the uh, not yet public, but we saw it um, checklist of uh, Dawn of DC titles Mm -hmm. for April, I think. I'm surprised because we, we haven't we haven't seen that announced yet as being a as as being a big deal, you know. Um, At least a big deal. <laughs> um, anything else to say about Nightwing? Um, it's crazy to think so. that this started in a rebirth, like that this has been a continuous run since rebirth. That's something else I thought. Not, you not know. like a, not a continue, like not that Taylor's been on the book, but that like this, this volume has existed since Rebirth. I mean, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which makes no sense. Like, <laughs> it makes no sense that this has never been relaunched, and and so many other books have. Uh, it's 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 weird to me. I yeah. I never know what the calculus is for that with DC. Yeah, because some books get relaunched just you know willy nilly. And other books are uh, seem to stick around forever. Yep. Oh, uh, this Harley Quinn issue that was referenced in the uh, checklist comes out in uh, March, and I'm looking it up now in the March list. We have those have been live for a while, so let's see. I'm becoming like Vince in that I don't I don't look or pay attention to the solicits, and so I never know what books are coming out. Yeah. Um. I guess. Teeny Howard and Sweeney Boo, we knew they were taking over the book. So that happens in 28. Okay. okay. All right. Give that a shot. All right. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we have some quick notes on some other books for this week. So stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We're the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. And we are back. Uh, so a couple of us read a couple of more books. Uh, let's talk about Lazarus Planet first. That's something we all read. Lazarus Planet Assault on Krypton. There are one, two, three, four stories that take place in this. Um, I want to talk about the first one, which is called Gone Dark, written by Nicole Maines and illustrated by Skylar Patridge. This is a dreamer story. And Dreamer is a character that uh, was introduced on the Supergirl television program and has migrated over to the comics. Although there have been other versions of a character with that name before, this is sort of the specifically the one that is from Supergirl. And I actually really liked this story in the sense of I love it when a character is given a starring role in an event that you haven't seen much of before. And this seems like an incredibly important piece of the event, like finding the helmet of fate is a big deal in this story. And I feel like if this book, if Lazarus planet was an event in the sense that there was just going to be six issues of Lazarus planet, you know, one through six, 
this is a story that I think absolutely belongs in that in that book. Like this is not just a a one off on this character. This seems like a very important to the overarching story story. Whereas no other story in this book felt that way to me. Uh, I I also like the story. I thought, like I, I like you said, I thought it was like a good introduction to the character. If it if it was like someone's introduction, um, it did feel pretty integral to the story. Uh, also, uh, there's like a Legion connection because she is half uh now now Torian, which is like a a race that uh so, um dream girl from legion of superheroes is is now Torian. and so i'm like yes more legion adjacent things in my comics please and skylar patrick doesn't do a ton of work at dc but when i see it i usually like it yeah i thought the art was good Vince, what'd you think of this story? Yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, I think it's probably the best out of this uh, uh, out of this bunch. Oh yeah, um, and I do think it's it is reasonably connected to the events of of Lazarus Planet in a more important way than I think some of the other ones are. Uh, although, correct correct me if I'm wrong. Is now is this out of order because? <laughs> Didn't we see, did we not see the Helmet of Fate in the last installment of Lazarus Planet or or no? So we did see some of the heroes go to the Tower of Fate and they found all of the magic characters there. Okay. okay I do okay. not and remember if like Dr. Fate or the Helmet of Fate was there. Cannot, cannot remember. Would have to I, go back and I, check. I do not, even if we saw it, I do not believe we saw I don't believe the characters saw it, right? I feel like we might have gotten a glimpse of it, but like they don't know where it is. That yeah, that seems correct. I'm I'm gonna flip through while you talk. So go ahead and, and we'll talk. I'm gonna flip through the issue. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I, I could be completely wrong, but as I was reading this, I was like, wait a minute, is this just another story where they show us something that we already saw in the main event, but we but now we get to see how it happened? Like, I feel like Dark Crisis had a couple of those. Where like things are being published out of order, or in an order that does that is at, at you know if a it's non, not out a non-linear of, order. Yeah. If it's yeah. not out of order, it's just not very clear what order it's supposed to be happening in. You know, mm-hmm. when Maybe. when they're at the Tower of Fate, you do not see the helmet or Doctor Fate there. Okay, you. No, don't. I'm scrolling right. through the whole thing right now. No, you don't see it at all. Okay, well then, yeah, then 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 my point doesn't stand. But it, it was just something that was as I was reading this, I was like. Do we don't we do we already know how this well, happened? <laughs> to be fair, like a, a big part of the the beginning of this book, of this story rather, is people just restating what we already know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's what got me too. Um, yeah, but I think by like the nature of it is like a thing where the the crux of the story it does seem like is going to be the alpha and omega issues and then it's gonna fill in cracks here and there yeah Yeah. like it's gonna be showing things that are happening (laughs) yeah during those events basically but like to me this story is a perfectly relevant good story to have 
in an issue like this. Sure. Whereas the next story, Electric, by <laughs> C.S. Paskett and Scott Godlewski, is such a nothing story. With we see we see John Kent exhibit some electric powers and then pass out. And this happens essentially twice in the issue. And the rest of the time is just him with this shitty hero that we're calling Ash, apparently, who has volcano powers. But like nothing of note happens in this at all. And the craziest thing about this to me is that it ends with a continued adventures of John of Superman John Kent number one, which means that the electric blue Superman, which looks such a big part of the marketing, showed up for like one panel in the entire Lazarus Planet event. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe there's, yeah, yeah. Maybe That's what it seems like, it. at least. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's more to that. There's got to be, right? <laughs> I don't think there is. I think this is it. We talked about this last week. Wait, I, you, you think? You wait. You think all? What is all? This is it. That we're not going to see John Kent again necessarily in. Oh, in in, in Lazarus uh, Planet. Last, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I was saying this last time, like, I think the Lazarus planet is a useful tool for when Tom Taylor says, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we gave him electric powers? And then this lets him do that. But it has nothing to do with the event itself. It's just oh, a he, he can do that in one panel of his own book. Then <laughs> it, well, it only it's... has something to do with this event. And so much as the event is what lets it happen. And yes, exactly. we're going to see yes. that with another character, too. Y- yes, we are. And it's yes. uh, I. I guess I'm I guess I'm not a fan of that style of storytelling. I I wish if if what you're saying is true and that's the reason for this event, like everybody felt like they needed a reason to uh re- reconfigure some status quo around these characters it's like the gene bomb. I actually think this yep, is good it, because it, it, <laughs> uh, it's not reason. good, but it I is think the it's, gene bomb. I, it is the G- I think it's good because I this kind of thing I think is like some of the best part of Cape Comics because it's just like <sighs> some weird random ass thing happened in a completely tangential story that I'm maybe not reading, but it, it makes some weird stuff happen in the books I am reading. So that's cool. Sure. But then you have to read like an no, eight to 10 page story. That's to, not, though. you don't have to read it. <laughs> well, we did. God we damn did. it. We did though. We did, but you don't have to. No, you don't have to. I wish um, I wouldn't. Have. <laughs> and honestly, it's probably the best when you're reading these stories, like 10 years later, that's, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> When yeah. it's just like a, a a historical footnote in the book, um, yes. that makes it an interesting curiosity. I think you're. I think you're right about that. I think yes. <laughs> yeah. So the the third story here is called Breakthrough. It's by Frank Barbieri, who we haven't seen in a DC book in a dog's age. And it feels like it was just yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and Sammy Bossery. Who, funny, Sammy Bossery, we recently talked about Voodoo on our Patreon show mm-hmm. and doing another shapeshifter book here with uh, with Mercy Graves being able to turn Mercy into Guy Gardner Warrior. The, is the new Voodoo. <laughs> yep. it, her power set in this is literally what Guy Gardner Warrior was. When Guy Gardner <laughs> yeah. uh, could just like turn his arm into a cannon or an, or an axe or whatever. Uh, Mercy Graves, Guy Gardner Warrior. Warrior. New Warrior. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun, guys. No. Um, I like the art in this quite a bit. Uh, I like I like when they switch to like the silhouette panels 
to show some of the more gruesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's not like detailed and and, yeah, and yeah. ultra violent. Not that I'm against that, but like I think it's tasteful when you do that in a in a in a DC comic, you know, in something that's purportedly PG thirteen or whatever. Right. Um, my my take. This should have been either. It's fine that it was Mercy Graves. Should have been either Otis or Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> well, I I always think Mercy Graves is Miss Tessmacher, but like I'm pretty sure she is the comics Miss Tessmacher. Yeah, just they like should have just gone all in. It's 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 Dawn of the DC. You're right. You're right. You're right. They just couldn't have uh, the they couldn't have the cartoonishness of Miss Tessmacher, so they had to make her uh, dark and grim and epic. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I think this just reveals that Zach was very uh, influenced as a young boy when Miss Tessmacher jumps in the pool and takes the kryptonite necklace off of oh. Superman. Oh, God. Who wasn't? I know. I know. But I, I, think I that... couldn't have been because I didn't see the Superman movie until I was in my teens. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We always forget. Zach is young, and also he wasn't allowed to watch television. Anything. And and movies. Um, no. I, I mean, my, my introduction to... Well, I, I like obviously like as a cultural touchstone, I knew who Superman was, but like I watched a little bit of, of Superman, the animated series. But my real uh, baptism into the Man of Steel was uh, Smallville. So <laughs> somebody save you. I know. Yeah. One of these days, Zach, we're going to rewatch Smallville. Gosh, I don't. Tempt oh, me. God, I am. I am out for that. I will not be doing that. Nonsense. <laughs> don't tempt me. Uh, anything else to say about this Mercer Gave story? Oh, I don't. No, me neither. All right, that brings us to the terribly titled Deus Ex Magica, written oh, by Leah Williams, illustrated by Marguerite Savage. This is a Power Girl story. I'm gonna let Vince talk about it. Go, Vince. Ah, uh, I really like Leah Williams and and Marguerite Savage. I did not like this story. And I don't like stories like it. And it's got nothing to do with the content, but the style of storytelling. I I cannot stand when a character gets... And, and they do this a lot in comics. A, a character gets, like, whisked away to this, like, magical land or, like, a, like it's almost like a, a purgatory or something. And then the, the writer and the artist spend several pages kind of kind of re-explaining their origin but they they do this a lot with characters that have messy origins yes like power girl where they they reevaluate everything and they make it into this like weird ethereal dreamlike traumatic experience for the character that ultimately gets tries to get resolved at the end to pop out the other side with a character that is either has a more defined origin or is, or says, you know what, forget about all that stuff. This is what the character is now. And, and, Oh, look, they have a new book coming. I feel like this story is, is it's, it's a really lazy way to get to that point. And I defy you guys to tell me why this is happening at all. Like, is, is this what, like as power girl gets affected by the Lazarus storm, is this how she perceives it as it's happening? 
Yes, because we, that, that's we don't, how I read it. Yes. Sure. Yeah. We don't see any other character at all experience it in this way, you know? Well, I think it's because so she gets like so so she gets like telepathic powers from the Lazarus Storm. Yes. Yeah. And she is like syncing or connecting with Oven. And I and think that- it's I think it's like happening on like a psychic plane or well, and you I, know. And I understand when they're like interacting with one another and that's what they're doing, but like this stuff where she's just experiencing stuff from her past. Well, it's not like all she she's seeing okay, you mean like the like the early page like the first yeah. few pages. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I was thinking more of like when she is like going through those like weird landscapes and she's chasing like what is omen, but she that's can't omens. like really see. Right. That's like that's her yeah, but you're talking about just like the opening pages where she's just kind of like falling through her past. Right. And and uh, I just when comics do that, they 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 rarely present to you a reason that's like legitimate for 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 why we're seeing it that way or why like why is this why is this happening? So because I, I exposition. Know, right. I know it's the I know it's the Lazarus storm, but I what I'm saying is like no other character is 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 perceiving it in this way or having it happen to them in this way at least that we've seen and yes just these 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 comics were like a character sees into their own history and goes this is so weird how is this happening to me this is it, it's all like her reacting to things she's seeing and going wow that's wacky and then like moving on it's not a story and i and i don't like when when comics tell stories that are not stories in that way the only argument I can make, and this is a bad faith argument, I don't believe, is that, um, is that because she is unlocking like this telepathy, that it's fucking with her brain. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's Why like, not? like she says that she right? like kind yeah. of like blacked out, and so like you couldn't maybe make the argument that she is like in her own mind and like seeing things from her past. Uh huh. I mean, comics does that kind of like that. That is like a very you see these kind of opening pages all the time. Like, yeah, four, I don't like them. <laughs> four books that are trying to catch up a reader on a character. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I honestly I don't think it bothered me only because the art is so incredibly good. This issue is phenomenal phenomenally illustrated like and it's just a, is a visual feast uh i like marguerite savage is one of the best i think oh uh, yeah for sure oh of course, and yeah. um that alone like was this was this story pitfall maybe did it look incredible yes does that make it worth it uh, uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I'll say yes. Okay. In a vacuum, yes. But but uh, this whole comic, I I don't know. I, not the whole comic. No. no. I mean, yeah. Just this. Just this story. It it we, also was not. Uh, it was not verbose. The, yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no. No. That's all. 
Okay. I just thought of something. We didn't even talk about how dumb the title of this comic is. I was going to circle back around to that okay. at the end. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You, you go for it, Zach. I don't want to take food off no, your plate. No, no. So. I mean, uh, the assault on Krypton is like not even a thing in this book. <laughs> it's not. It's, a, it, it's, it's, it's what, three sentences of exposition on the like narration page. Yeah. And that's it. It's a I, weird title that has a catch-all in a book that is primarily dealing with super man tangent, like super tangential characters. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If it but, said assault on Kryptonians, totally makes sense. Still dumb, but you can at least get some sense from that. Maybe. <laughs> but assault on Krypton, the, the planet's been gone for a very long time. Mercy Graves is not a Kryptonian. No, but I mean it's fucking work with me here, man. I'm trying no, I'm trying to make this work somehow. Yeah, but let's let's talk about what the assault on Krypton actually is. So long ago on the planet Krypton, during the time of the prophet Jafel, a great <laughs> golden volcanic eruption clouded the skies and led to a flood of planetary scope. Over the course of generations, this event came to be known as the Assault on Krypton. A catastrophe of such scale, there was no escape for an entire world. For the descendants of that doomed planet and their allies, history is about to repeat. Lazarus Planet, Assault on Krypton. I also feel like this is 100% what I have started taking to refer to as a Joan of Arcadia moment, which is that you come up with the name first and then figure out what it means later. Yes. It's, assault right. on Krypton makes it sound like there was a battle. The people that, that, that a, a, a warring faction assaulted a planet. Not a volcano. No one ever says like. I guess. I guess maybe the news will say like Pompeii. The the assault on Pompeii. <laughs> right. Like, but I was gonna say like maybe maybe a little people say like you know Miami was assaulted by Hurricane Jones or whatever. Maybe that stuff gets said, but that you wouldn't write a book about a hurricane calling it assault on Miami. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and, yeah. And then the, yeah. The other thing about it no, is that's my new creator own book coming out <laughs> uh, from, from Boom Comics next year. <laughs> The other thing about it is a great golden volcanic eruption clouded the skies and uh, there was no escape for an entire world. The descendants of that doomed planet and their allies, history is about to repeat. Uh, that like a planet was destroyed. This is not a planet being destroyed. It's it's raining some super powered goop on people. Well, but that also wasn't the krypton blowing up right this is like a different thing oh is it I, yes I this mean, is a different thing yes this is a different yeah, thing yeah a volcano didn't destroy krypton well i mean who knows after how many times it's been absolutely but that does bring my other question to this is this a thing we are actually ever going to are they trying <laughs> oh, to God, plant no. a seed for a future superman story about some this thing happening on krypton <laughs> or is this a thing from like the golden or silver age that like only Mark Wade would ever remember or have read. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, uh, talk amongst yourselves. I will look that up. Oh, uh, look, there it is. Jafel. Uh, is this a real thing? Krypton Chronicles, number three. It is a real thing. Oh. he He's supposed to be like a Moses-like figure, I would imagine. Hey, look, there's the volcano. There it is. Wow. What if this is is Mark Wade going to revisit this in like World's Finest or something? I hope so because I mean my qualms with it like it's not that I it's not that I thought that like 
this wasn't a thing. My qualms is that Lazarus Planet assault on Krypton means nothing. Agreed. <laughs> That's yes. my problem with it. And and no, you know, even if Wade returns to it later, that title still doesn't make any sense for this comic. Right. At all. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. We have uh, a couple more books we want to talk about. Vince, is there anything you want to talk about from World's Finest? Uh, uh, just that it's really good and it kind of ends the it ends the the David Sakella um Magog arc kind of, but there's a there's a definite feel that we're gonna go back to that again later. Um yes. but for now they're putting a putting a bow on when it. Mark Wade does his official The Kingdom sequel yes. to end, the- to round out the trilogy. Yes. King, yeah, yeah, King, uh, King Doomsday Kingdom, Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, and then one other fun thing about that issue is, in a very Wadian kind of move, uh, there's a moment where a bunch of old Batman and Superman villains that some of which we have not seen in literally like forty to fifty years get get repurposed in in in. I think if I remember correctly, like he breaks into the fortress of solitude and brings these enemies here and they have like a big fight in the fortress of solitude. And there's like, like Ferlin Nixley is one of the, uh, one of the enemies who was like a fifth, uh, fifth dimensional imp character who was a fiddler uh, in the Denny O'Neill bronze age superman title and so that would have been like from the 70s and we haven't seen that character since i think and there's the um abominable snowman and zebra man and dr phoenix and acid master and uh some of these again some of these characters just literally like 40 50 years since we last saw them so that that's kind of fun but that's it yeah, no, I think it's clever too. Where if you didn't know what the reveal was about Boy Thunder, "Thy Will Be Done" on the cover is a really good <laughs> clue. But it's not like it doesn't totally spell it out, right? Like it's 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 a very clever bit of wording there. And I thought that there's a lot of good stuff in this. I mean, these books are just always so good. But um, I love the bit at the end where so. You know, he gets taken off planet and Superman says, like, well, we're going to find him again. And Robin says, like, of course we will. And he says, how do you know? Because because Superman never lies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a really, really good character beat from Wade, of course. Um, also, though, just makes me funny. It makes me laugh that it says not the end at the end. Yeah, because uh, of course, this is how these oh, go. OK, a, a kingdom sequel called on Earth as it is in heaven would be pretty badass that would be <laughs> yes i'm with you zach let's let's make it happen wade come on uh then uh star girl lost children i just want to say todd knock is still doing amazing work on oh this book. god yeah. it looks so good um this book is exactly what you think it's going to be except zach you have to catch up on this book for one very particular reason because quirky baxter time master shows up here which ties this into Flashpoint Beyond. Yeah, I, I haven't read it yet, but I have flipped. I flipped through it. Um, okay. 
yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm actually buying these books. I'm buying this in JSA. So, <laughs> you're so sicko, man. Yeah, oh, I'm buying dude. them too. I'm buying them in singles. I, you're both sickos. I, I thought you guys were out. Just I'm, I, I am ninety nine percent out, in. but yeah. Uh, yeah, Todd Knock is doing incredible work, and I just want to shout out. Uh, he's been doing some amazing double page spreads in this yes. comic. Yes. Um, in the last issue, they had the uh, the the Arrow Cave that had like the props and 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 models of previous uh, Green Arrow costumes and whatnot. In this, the um, when Wing brings Star Girl into the the, the lost children cave kind of where they're hanging out on that Island. And you see all those lost characters together, all the, the sidekicks and young people and whatnot. What a, what a playful page with so much stuff going on. Like if you look in the background, there's characters doing things that um, it, it's, it's my favorite kind of double page spread because there's so much going on that your eye is not, drawn particularly to one thing but if you take the time to look around at every little thing you can like learn some things about the characters or or they're doing something that matches with their personalities or what you know about them and and it's just such a rich couple of pages uh really impressive stuff from from knock so yeah good good stuff can't knock him <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> asshole. Uh, He's becoming a true dad. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last book of note we're going to talk about for the week is uh, the new champion of Shazam number four, which, of course, also ends with a, like the end or is it? Because, of course, it has to. Um, but this this story, I mean, Doc Shaner is just doing again to highlight the work he's doing. It's so good. And Josie Campbell told a really good Mary Marvel story. Maybe, maybe the best ever standalone Mary Marvel story. It brings in a classic Shazam villain, sort of. <laughs> it's still very funny. And it's, uh, it's the villain from uh, Spider Verse, basically. It, yes, exactly. Yes, 100%. which is fine. That's totally yeah, fine. fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just just a really really great issue and uh it 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 both keeps mary in the shazam mantle and opens the door for billy to come back and i really hope that when mark wade takes over the shazam book in uh may that mary's a part of that book as is billy yeah and that and that he doesn't just wipe out whatever this book did, you know, um, I don't think he will. I, I think Wade more than almost anybody likes playing with the stuff people have set up beforehand. Yeah. So, yep. I, I think that's right. Yeah. All right, Vince, what comes out next week on January 17th? January. Wait, this is 17th. I'm sorry. What comes out next week on January 24th? <laughs> uh, Action Comics 1051. Um, Batman One Bad Day, Catwoman. Uh, Blue Beetle Graduation Day number three, Catwoman 51. DC Horror presents Sergeant Rocket versus the Army of the Dead number five. 
Detective Comics 1068, Harley Quinn 26, Justice Society of America 2, Lazarus Planet We Once Were Gods number one, Punchline The Gotham Game number four, The Human Target number 11, and The Sandman Universe Dead Boy Detectives number two. Oh, and Tim Drake Robin 5. Sorry, forgot that. That's um, right. You will be forgiven. Yeah. Uh, until then, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. And I am at The Woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is banging his head against the wall because Zach and I are talking about the new pornographers after we've already done a podcast <laughs> about them. We already did. A, you could just go listen. It, to it was what you like said. almost five years ago. It wasn't five years ago. <laughs> almost probably. It was probably late 2018. Okay. It was maybe early 2019, in which case it was four years ago. Let me see. Uh, it was. It episode came out on. Why can't I find this? Come on. I'm looking at the page here. It's episode 176. And that was published on July 3rd, 2019. Okay, mid 2019. I thought yeah. I thought that uh I guess we recorded it right after Morse code came out, or was it right before? Okay, yeah. When did I don't remember when Morse code came out? What time Neither of year? There's no way of knowing, as yeah. with all things. Exactly. Um anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Now, now, see, this is what the holidays are all about. Three bodies sitting around chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>